MSW Media. This episode is sponsored by Lumi, the game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work on pits, feet, and privates. New customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code DAILYBEANS at lumideodorant.com. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, December 14th, 2023. Today, both Trump and Jack Smith filed their briefs on expediting the immunity issue with the appeals court. The House voted on impeachment absent an iota of evidence. Judge Chutkin expectedly stays the D.C. coup trial pending the outcome of the immunity appeal. The Supreme Court agrees to hear the Mifeprestone case and the Fisher case about the interpretation of 1512c2 obstructing an official proceeding. Media Matters sues Attorney General Ken Paxton over involvement in the Elon Musk case. Two million Teslas are recalled for the autopilot failures. The FCC will not extend the SpaceX Starlink subsidy. And the Dow reaches an all-time high. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. A lot of Trump D.C. coup case news today. Briefly, Judge Tanya Chutkin ruled in favor of Jack Smith and Donald Trump staying the trial and the pretrial schedule. That's the trial set for March 4th, but does not stay her jurisdiction to enforce the gag order against Trump, to enforce the protective order over discovery, or to enforce Trump's bail conditions should it come to that. As you know from earlier this week, both the Supreme Court and the Appellate Court have granted an expedited schedule for consideration of the immunity appeal, and today Trump filed his opposition to the expedited review with the Appeals Court. And even though Jack Smith's response wasn't due until Thursday, today, he filed it Wednesday. So he had it all ready to go. So he filed it, you know, as I record this on Wednesday, but he had until tomorrow when you're listening to this on Thursday. Trump argued, by the way, that having his brief due on December 26th, which is what Jack Smith asked for, would ruin Christmas, and that Jack Smith was a Grinch. So Jack Smith said in his response, okay, well then let's make your brief due on the 23rd. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Now, I know a lot of folks are worried about this day. Uh, as well as worried about SCOTUS's decision to take up the Fisher case. And that's the case where the January 6th rioter named Fisher filed a motion to dismiss his obstructing an official proceeding charge. That's Title 18 U.S. Code 1512 C2. And the Trump appointee judge, Judge Nichols, granted it. He granted that guy's motion to dismiss that charge. That's Fisher. And Nichols said he interprets the law to mean you have to obstruct with a document or a record. And, and he was one of only 13 judges that read the law differently. The rest ruled in favor of the DOJ's interpretation of the law. DOJ appealed Nichols' decision and won in the appeals court. And now the Supreme Court has agreed to take it up and hear the case. They granted cert, but only for Fisher, okay? They didn't grant the case for the other two people that were consolidated on this case, just for Fisher. And I don't think this will have an impact on the Trump case, even if the Supreme Court upholds Nichols' decision. And I'll tell you all about it, along with what all these other filings and stays in the D.C. trial mean for the March 4th trial date. We'll talk about that on this weekend's episode of Jack with Andy McCabe. 
But my central message is don't panic, at least not any more than usual. (laughs) Uh, And anyone who says this is a win for Trump, this stay, or that we should be surprised by it, if you've been listening to Jack, it's not a surprise. And it's not a win for Trump. A stay is required. Now, if Trump could have lost his bid for a stay, sure, call it a win. But this is automatic. It has to be stayed. Jack Smith said the trial would need to be stayed. Had Jack Smith asked for her to not stay the trial, and she did, then sure, it's a loss for Jack Smith. But this was all expected. Uh, what is this? Oh, oh my. Okay, this just in. Uh, this just in. New uh, Breaking news. I have it. Breaking news. The appeals court has granted Jack Smith's expedited appeal. And get this. Trump's brief is due December 23rd. Christmas is saved. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. So his his brief is due the 23rd. It was going to be due the 26th, but he's a humbug. So it's due the 23rd. Uh, The DOJ's reply is due December 30th, and Trump's response to that reply is due January 2nd. This is super fast-tracked. In other news, if you want a chance to RSVP to the April 20th gathering in D.C. for the MSW Media Party, sign up as a patron. Do that now at patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. Come have dinner, cocktails, and mocktails on us. You can meet me, Andy McCabe, Pete Strzok, Olivia Troy, Harry Dunn, Danny Hodges, Glenn Kirshner. There'll be more probably. And thank you so much for being a patron and supporting independent media. And thanks again for hanging in with me solo while Dana takes a much-deserved vacation. Now, during the week of Christmas week, right, uh, for those who celebrate, I will have brand new shows. We'll have guests and interviews, including folks like the hosts of the Obscured podcast, which you should check out. We'll have Victor Sheeb, Glenn Kirshner, Olivia Troy, Amy McGrath, John Fugelsang, Pete Strzok, Andy McCabe, Anna Bauer, and more. I'm getting all those interviews in the can so that I can take a little bit of a holiday break as well. And I hope you enjoy all that new content. And of course, you'll have brand spanking new on-time episodes of Jack and Clean Up on Aisle 45 as well. A gift from us to you. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from CBS, the House voted to formalize the Republican majority's impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Wednesday, a move that could give them more legal firepower to investigate his family's business dealings, but that will certainly cost them the House if they hadn't already lost it. The chamber voted 221 to 212 on a party line vote to approve a resolution authorizing the investigation. The vote puts Republicans in districts that Biden won in 2020 on the record about whether they support an investigation that has so far uncovered no wrongdoing by the president. Zero evidence. Republicans on the House Oversight, Judiciary, and Ways and Means Committees have been trying to show for months that Biden was enriched by his family's foreign business dealings and took bribes and sold access, but the House never voted to open an impeachment probe, leading many Democrats to question its legal authority. GOP lawmakers have said that a vote to formally authorize the inquiry would give them leverage in court as they seek documents and witness testimony, including from Hunter Biden, who defied a subpoena to appear for a closed-door deposition on Wednesday. So they voted for it after he didn't show up for his deposition. And so I don't think Biden's going to be prosecuted for defying this subpoena because, first of all, they didn't vote for the impeachment until after he didn't show up. And he also agreed to show up and testify publicly. 
and he was on the Hill today. Comer seems to have forgotten he offered Hunter Biden public or private testimony. So it's going to be hard for the DOJ to prosecute this if there's a criminal referral for contempt. And don't forget, Hunter Biden's lawyers filed a motion to dismiss the gun charges on balance of powers, meaning uh, a lot of this prosecution was born out of Congress investigating Hunter Biden publicly and the fact that the House voted to impeach after that filing, like I said, along with everything else the impeachment brings up about Hunter, bolsters Hunter's motion to dismiss on separation of powers grounds. Now, that argument helped sway some Republicans who were on the fence about the formal inquiry. That's the uh, the argument about Hunter not showing up. Don Bacon of Nebraska, who represents a district that voted for Biden, said he changed his mind about formalizing the inquiry because the president stopped providing information. The resolution to greenlight the investigation lays out the rules for public hearings and directs the committees to produce a public report with their findings. Another resolution gives the committee chairman authority to seek judicial enforcement of their subpoenas with witnesses who refuse to testify. Without formalizing the probe, a judge could rule that the subpoenas fall outside a committee's purview, like the one that Hunter Biden was supposed to show up to today. Quote, the procedures we're adopting today closely parallel those the Democrats created in 2019. That's Rep. Tom Cole of Oklahoma. So yeah, they have voted to open an impeachment inquiry based on zero evidence. Now, President Biden's response, quote, there's a lot of work to be done, but after wasting weeks trying to find a new Speaker of the House and having to expel their own members, Republicans in Congress are leaving for a month without doing anything to address pressing challenges. I wake up every day focused on the issues facing the American people, real issues that impact our lives and the strength and security of our country and the world. Unfortunately, House Republicans are not joining me. Instead of doing anything to help make Americans' lives better, they're focused on attacking me with lies. Instead of doing their job on urgent work that needs to be done, they're choosing to waste time on this baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress admit is not supported by facts. And the American people deserve better. All right, next up from the Post. The Supreme Court will decide this term whether to limit access to a key abortion drug returning the polarizing issue of reproductive rights to the high court for the first time since they overturned Roe. Now, this is good in a way. Let me explain. Prelogar wanted this to go to the Supreme Court. We don't want the lower court's ruling to stand. And SCOTUS is not going to consider going back to the year 2000. They will only consider the changes made in 2016 and 2021, that it can be mailed out. So they can't take this any more backwards than the appellate court has already, unless they just trash the whole thing. But the Biden administration and the manufacturer of Mifeprestone have asked the justices to overturn the lower court ruling that would make it more difficult to obtain the medication, which is part of a two-drug regimen used in more than half of all abortions in the United States. Oral arguments will likely be scheduled for the spring with a decision by end of June, further elevating the issue of abortion, which has proven galvanizing for Democrats during the 2024 campaign season. The justices announced Wednesday that they will review a decision from the conservative U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit that said the FDA did not follow proper procedures when it began loosening regulations for obtaining mifeprestone, which was first approved more than 20 years ago. The changes made over the last few years, which is what they're deciding, included allowing the drug to be taken later in pregnancy, mailed directly to patients, and prescribed by a medical professional other than a doctor. So that's what they could take away. The court's decision to review the Mifeprestone case is not surprising. In April, after a district court ruling to to suspend FDA approval of the drug, the justices said existing rules for prescribing and distributing Mifeprestone would remain in place nationwide while the litigation continued. 
the justices said Wednesday they will not consider a separate challenge to the FDA's initial approval of mifeprestone in 2000. That's what I was telling you about. That means that whatever the Supreme Court decides will not remove the medication from the market, but it could make it more difficult to obtain, which is what the lower court ruled. If access to mifepristone were restricted, abortion providers and advocates say that pregnancies could still be terminated using only the second drug in the regimen, which is misoprostol, but using that drug alone causes more cramping and bleeding, and abortion opponents could move to restrict its use. They could do that if they win limits on the use of mifeprestone from the high court. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said in a statement that the Supreme Court must ensure full access to mifeprestone. The lower court ruling, she said, threatens to undermine the FDA's scientific independent judgment and would reimpose outdated restrictions on access to safe and effective medication abortion. States have imposed an extreme and dangerous abortion ban in many cases that put the health of women in jeopardy and threaten to criminalize doctors for providing the health care that their patients need and that they are trained to provide. That was from the press secretary. In urging the court to take the case, Solicitor General Prelogar emphasized in court filings that mifeprestone has been safely used by millions of people over more than two decades and warned that allowing the lower court's decision to stand would have damaging consequences for women seeking lawful abortions and health care and a health care system that relies on the availability of the drug under the current conditions of use. All right. Now, a very special Elon Musk edition of Schadenfreude. First up, from the Washington Post, Tesla is recalling more than 2 million vehicles to fix autopilot systems that the U.S. safety regulators determined did not have enough controls to prevent misuse, the largest recall of Tesla's driver assistance software to date. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and Tesla's, they said Tesla's method of ensuring drivers are still paying attention while the driver assistance system is activated is insufficient. Quote, there may be an increased risk of a crash. That's what the agency said. In some situations, when the system is engaged and the driver does not maintain responsibility for vehicle operation and is unprepared to intervene as necessary or fails to recognize when auto steer is canceled or no longer engaged. The recall comes days after the Washington Post published an investigation that found Teslas in autopilot had repeatedly been involved in deadly crashes on roads where the software was not intended to be used. Federal regulators with the NHTSA have been investigating the software for more than two years in a probe examining more than a dozen crashes involving Teslas in autopilot and parked emergency vehicles. The agency also started requiring in 2021 that automakers deploy driver assistance software report crashes involving the technology to the agency. We got to know about all of it. In all, NHTSA said it reviewed 956 crashes allegedly involving autopilot before zeroing in on 322 software-related crashes that involved frontal impacts and impacts from potential inadvertent disengagement of the system. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk has decried the NHTSA, calling them the fun police, and has taken issue with regulators' terminology, posting on Twitter that the use of the word recall for an over-the-air software update is anachronistic and just flat wrong. Mm, What would you like to call it? Rapid, unscheduled disassembly? Hmm. Next up from NBC, Media Matters is suing Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton in federal court. They did that late Monday, alleging that Paxton violated the First Amendment last month and chilled its work, Media Matters' work, when he opened an investigation into the organization over its reporting on Elon Musk's Twitter app. I know I should call it X, but whatever. 
Media Matters, a progressive watchdog group, said Paxton's investigation was unlawful retaliation designed to punish it for stories it reported that alleged major ad campaigns were running next to Nazi stuff on X. The stories contributed to trouble for Musk and X and seemingly helped inspire a massive wave of pullouts by advertisers from the social media platform, including Apple and Disney and tons more. Paxton, a Republican, announced November 20th he was opening an investigation into Media Matters for potential fraudulent activity related to its investigation of X. Musk at the time applauded the probe, saying on Twitter that fraud has both civil and criminal penalties. He should know. Paxton's announcement coincided with X suing Media Matters, claiming it unlawfully interfered with X's relationship with advertisers, even though they admitted that some of the stuff was showing up next to Nazi stuff. Uh, they said it doesn't happen as frequently or something. It was weird. The lawsuit does not allege that Musk and Paxton are colluding, but it says Paxton was one of several politicians and media figures who swiftly jumped to Musk's cause after Media Matters reporting. Lawyers for Media Matters said in the lawsuit Monday that, quote, the chill imposed by his retaliatory schemes injures the plaintiff's ability to investigate and publish news stories and further chills their ability to participate in a robust public discussion about political extremism on the X platform. The lawsuit asks a judge to block Paxton's investigation permanently. It was filed in federal court in Maryland, where the Media Matters reporter who wrote the articles, Eric Hananoki, lives and works. It alleges violations not only the First Amendment, but also the 14th Amendment's guarantee of due process and the reporter's shield laws in Maryland and Washington, D.C., which were designed to protect journalists from being compelled to disclose their sources in certain situations. The lawsuit also says Media Matters is outside Paxton's jurisdiction. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You're in Texas. Media Matters is based in Washington. and says it does not transact business in Texas. Quote, that plaintiffs may be dragged into court in an unknown, unfamiliar, and untouched venue in Texas, at the option of Attorney General Ken Paxton, further chills their speech, according to the lawsuit. And we're not done yet. The US FCC, the Federal Communications Commission on Tuesday, reaffirmed its last year's decision to deny SpaceX satellite internet unit Starlink $885 million in rural broadband subsidies. The FCC said the decision impacting Elon Musk's space company was based on Starlink's failure to meet basic program requirements and that Starlink could not demonstrate it could deliver promised services after SpaceX had challenged the 2022 decision. The FCC cited among its reasons SpaceX's failures to successfully launch its Starship rocket, saying the uncertain nature of Starship's future launches could impact Starlink's ability to meet its obligations. Your shit keeps blowing up. So the government isn't going to give you $850 million. The FCC has uh, rescinded the funding. They did that in August of 2022 based on a speed test after Starlink had agreed to provide high-speed internet service to 640,000 rural homes and businesses in 35 states. SpaceX says it's deeply disappointed and perplexed by the FCC decision. Yeah, your shit isn't fast, it doesn't work, and (laughs) you keep having rapid unscheduled disassemblies. So we're not, we're not funding you. But he is, he is disappointed and perplexed, adding that Starlink is demonstrably one of the best options, likely the best option to accomplish the goals of the rural internet program. And despite SpaceX, Twitter, and Tesla stocks, probs not faring too well these days, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit an all-time high Wednesday. All-time. 
reflecting new optimism that the economy is slowing just enough to bring down inflation without triggering a recession. The Dow closed at 37,090 points, up more than 500, or 1.4% for the day, surpassing a record in January of 2022, fueled by the Fed decision to hold rates steady due to progress on inflation. The markets have been on a celebratory tear in recent weeks as signs pile up that the Federal Reserve may be done raising interest rates. Inflation has come down dramatically since the Fed began hiking borrowing costs last March to slow the economy amid decades high price growth. Federal Reserve policymakers now see as many as three rate cuts coming in 2024. That's according to the Fed on Wednesday. Quote, the soft landing is in the bag. That's Claudia Sam, founder of Sam Consulting and a former Fed economist. Quote, inflation has come down for several months and recession calls are coming off the table. Barring any other catastrophe, the economy has done the impossible. The U.S. economy has proved exceptionally resilient this year, notching quarter after quarter of growth, even in the face of rapid interest rate hikes. And although there are signs that Americans are starting to pull back, Retail sales dropped slightly in October, just a bit. Many still have extra pandemic-era savings that have allowed them to keep spending. The economy has done the impossible. Or maybe President Biden has done what we knew he would do all along. We have more good news, but we have to take a quick break. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Do you think deodorant is a lackluster gift? Well, think again. Lumi is turning heads and topping Amazon's most wished-for things in personal care. Far from your typical deodorant, Lumi is a revolutionary whole-body deodorant masterminded by an OBGYN. It's designed for more than just underarms. It is effective on feet, privates, and everywhere in between. Thanks to its unique pH-optimized formula, Lumi battles odor all day, everywhere. And it's not just deodorant, it's a game-changer. Gifting Lumi means offering a boost of confidence from head to toe, or more accurately, pits to toe. Uh, this is a present that truly stands out in, in its freshness and innovation. Since receiving my Lumi order, I've been thoroughly impressed. What I love the most is its versatility. I've used it everywhere from underarms to feet. It works wonders. I love the wipes. I love the wipes so much. Initially, I was skeptical about its all-over effectiveness, but Lumi has surpassed all my expectations. It's gentle. It's powerful. It provides odor protection far beyond traditional deodorants. The biggest surprise, how it neutralizes odor without harsh chemicals or overpowering scents. I really appreciate that. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes. I love the wipes. And free shipping. New customers get $5 off the Lumi Starter Pack with code DAILYBEANS at lumideodorant.com. That's Lumi Deodorant, L-U-M-E, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com with code DAILYBEANS for new customers to get $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. <laughs> Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the whatever, you fill in the blank. I'll guess what it is. I love these things. I love guessing games. I also love riddles. You got a weird riddle? Send it in. Uh, if you have a, a thesis title or a dissertation title you want to send, if you want to have a, share some misheard song lyrics or an aha moment that you had later in life, like when I finally realized that the Postal Service logo was an eagle 
and not a bird-headed man with his pockets turned out. Anything like that. <laughs> Anything you want to send to us at all. Shout out to a loved one. Shout out to a small business in your area. Shit kids say. Shout out to yourself. I love self shout outs. Those are so important and we should do them every day, even if we don't send them into the daily beans, right? Uh, you could share your pod pet tax too. And if you don't have a pod pet, you can share an adoptable pet in your area. Frog orgies, baby pictures, holiday photos, happy places, whatever you want to send to me, send to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up, Johan of Sweden. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Johan. Hi, Beans. I'm writing to you partially as a correction and partially as bragging of the election system in Sweden. In Tuesday's show, it was mentioned that you're forced to vote in Sweden, but that is not correct. The Swedish election is an inclusive election. We, I have worked in two elections so far, are strictly told to encourage everyone to vote. If a person is angry, let the person vote as long as it's safe. Otherwise, ask the person to come back in an hour or so. If a person mistrusts the system, he or she can stay during the full counting ceremony. There are mobile voting stations that drive to anyone who can't make it to the voting station and pre-voting stations. All above 18 years old are automatically enrolled in the election unless you are the king of Sweden. Thank you, Johan. To be the king of Sweden, by the way, it's been an unpolitical role since 1974 and is not allowed to vote. Maybe Victoria, who at one time will become our queen, is allowed to vote now. Thank you for that. I learned something new today. Next up, Kevin, pronouns he and him. Look at the puppy. Look at the great Dane boy. A shout out to everyone who's dealing with a parent whose health is failing, physical and or mental. Remember you're not alone. And remember, make time for self-care. You deserve it. Pat Tax is my friend's great Dane. Kevin, thank you. I have some aging parents. And uh, I know a lot of us do. And you do have to take that time for yourself. So you're not alone. And thank you for that. What a beautiful Great Dane. I appreciate the pod pet tax. Next up from Mickey, pronouns he and him, a shout out to my mechanic partner who just got an incredible opportunity. I met her while she was doing really fun and rewarding work with a set building company shortly before it fell through due to a truly toxic boss. Ah, oh, they're the worst. She has wanted nothing more than to be free of desk work and get her hands onto some machinery again. Well, a job opening she had thought closed just reopened. And as early as Friday, 12-12, she could be crushing an interview to be a technician on CNC machines. I can't wait to see her land the job she loves and get that exasperated look in her gorgeous eyes when I ask really dumb questions about it. <laughs> Mickey, thanks. As pet tax, one of her two kitties, the odd crook-tailed void Izzy, who ran out of the room the first time I ever came over, as with everyone, but is fully letting me pet her within a couple of hours, highly unusual, and allows me to pick her up. Nobody else gets to. Mickey, you're a keeper. Look at the baby. My two tuxies have crook tails. What a beautiful, sweet girl. Thank you for that. Keep us updated. Next up, anonymous, pronouns she and her. I'm a fairly new listener, and my husband turned me on to your podcast along with Jack and Cleanup. Now I have to listen to you in the way to work. I have an hour-long ride into work. Ugh. But I wanted to say you ladies have given us tons of more things to talk about. Oh, how very cool. There are some times I get home at 1 a.m. to wake up my husband and ask him about something or text him on my way home to tell him what you're talking about on the pod. Sometimes it's boobies and tits. So again, 
thanks to all of you and your team. For Vet Docs, I'm including my Bubba, aka Eros, pronounced Eros, in his new jammies. Look, what a sweet little pity mix or purebred. I don't know. Beautiful. Adorbs. Thank you for that. And welcome. Welcome to the Leguminati. Next up from Jen, she and her. Hi, AG. I'd like to share my good news and shout out to my sweet sister, Amy, who's driving south as you read this from Idaho with her goofy Goldie Daisy to visit our mom and me in San Diego for the holidays. Amy introduced me to the Daily Beans, Jack and clean up on aisle 45. And I can sum up our relationship by saying she's my life coach, always cheering me on and keeping my feet on the ground when I start to spin. I love this woman and can't wait for the two-week visit ahead of us. Here's a picture of of her sweet Daisy, who will join mom's uh, dog, Moni, and my three cats for the visit. I can't wait. Jen, wonderful. Look at the dog. By the way, that's a really cool blanket. It reminds me of the pattern on my old cording wear. I love that. Very cool. I I think the pattern is called Spice of Life, if uh, memory serves. Next up, Steve, pronouns he and him. Thank you so much for the work you do. I've been a listener and a Patreon supporter for a few years now, and I really appreciate the community and the information. There's a lot to keep track of for sure. Yes, Steve, there is. I want to make you all aware of my daughter's small business, Surf Gems, here on the central coast of California, making earrings out of upcycled surfboard resin. How fucking cool is that? I'm a very proud papa. She's doing really well and actually starting to grow. That is surfgems.com, exactly how it sounds. Have a great holiday. These are incredible. These are really, really, really beautiful pieces. And what a great idea. Upcycling surfboards. Surfboard resin, I should say. That's incredible. Thank you for that. All right, surfgems.com. Those are, these would make some excellent gifts, y'all. Next up from Libby, she and her. Greetings. I have both a shout out and a misheard song lyric, courtesy of the same person. Excellent. My 35-year-old daughter is two finals away from her associate's degree, then on to getting her bachelor's and master's in social work. Oh, so needed, Libby. Thank her a million times for me. She has worked so hard on top of being a full-time employee for our county treatment and recovery clinic and a great mom to an incredible 11-year-old daughter. Excellent. Shiro's raising Shiro's. Her dad and I are incredibly proud of her. Now onto the misheard lyric. Years ago, when she was in second or third grade while listening to Christmas music during Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, she said, Mommy, I like this song, but why does she use that bad word? After a back-and-forth discussion and a promise that she wouldn't be in trouble for saying the word, (laughs) she finally says, she says, Later, we'll have some fucking pie. We can never hear that song without hearing that. When the occasion arises, someone always says, pass the fucking pie. (laughs) For Pod Pet Tax, here's our sweet boy, Tucker. He looks like a lab, but is actually a Saint Burdoodle. Oh, Saint Burdoodle. Very cool. Thanks for all you do for our democracy. I couldn't imagine not having my daily dose of beans. Look at that Saint Burdoodle. Yeah, there's no curly hair. It looks just like looks like a lab. Very cool. Bet he's big with that Saint Bernard in him. Anyway, very beautiful puppy. Very beautiful surfgems.com. Very beautiful doggy with a blankie and Jen's sister Amy who's visiting. Very beautiful pupper in pajamas, pictured with Santa by the way. Um thank you for that. 
And uh, of course, the kitty cat that is allowed to be picked up by Mickey. Thank you for that. The Great Dane and the shout out from Kevin for everyone who's taking care of an aging loved one or a few aging loved ones. And thank you to Johan of Sweden for your correction and some more information about Sweden's elections. If you have anything you want to send to us, anything at all, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I look forward to reading these every day. Seriously, best part of my day. And y'all are really like the best part of my life. So thank you for listening. Thanks for being here with me solo while Dana's on vacation. Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch you will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.